Hi, I'm Sabrina Soto. I believe the best conversations are with friends who are really able to open themselves up and share their lives, both the good parts and the bad. You're going to be listening to some of those candid conversations and hopefully gaining some insight to help you redesign your life from the inside out. First of all, hello, and thank you for being on Redesigning Life. Bob, I know you, you don't remember this, but... Yes, I do. No, come I've on. I've been waiting for this day. <laughs> I have been waiting for this day. When I saw your name, because they send me these lists of podcasts, I'm going, no freaking way. Uh, I can't believe it after however many years it has been. It's been, I think... That we finally get to have a conversation. Yeah, it's so been I 15. Totally remember. I think it's been 15. Oh, my that is crazy so much your life has you're like it's totally different like i watched you get married and get pregnant and the whole thing mm. and get divorced <laughs> oh well i didn't watch that part <laughs> bob so it's just crazy that you and i are talking and that we are talking now because so much has changed but when i reached out to you a long time ago it was at a time in my life where I think if you would have looked at me from the outside, and I don't even think social media was around back then, or at least it wasn't as popular as, as it is now. And I was asking you for guidance because I obviously am such a fan of yours. And I was at a point where I felt like I was manifesting, but I had manifested a situation. I was doing a show where somebody that I worked with was so unbearable and mm -hmm. I reached out to you to say like, what happens when you're in a rut and you're doing what you want to do, but you know, there's a person or a place or a thing that really just feels uneasy. And you helped me so much back then. I think I never got to thank you. So thank you. Well, you're welcome. I, I'm sitting here going, you know, what would I say? Now? What would I have said then? As opposed to anyway, well, that's uh, that's so nice to hear. I'm so happy that that, uh, that you got value out of whatever it is I had to say at that time. Well, I have gotten value out of everything you've said, period, because obviously I was introduced to you through The Secret, and I think a lot of people were. But, you know, The Secret had, you know, handfuls of people that were on there. And for some reason, everything that you said really resonated with me. And so that's why I've followed you in your journey for so long, which is why I'm so excited. And I have so many questions for you. And I also took <laughs> your quiz. So we have to talk about that as well. Um, awesome. So, okay. First things first, I think being that I had reached out to you many years ago when I was in a rut and I'm reaching at a point now where I, I feel like I've really gotten to understand how manifesting works. I feel mm -hmm. like a lot of people in my life, friends are in ruts where they can't seem to get out of their own way. And I always try to explain it like it's the chicken or the egg. Like you have to be grateful for what you have now, even though it's not where you want to be in order to receive what you really want. So how do you explain that to your readers in a way that they could ingest? So in, in the science of getting rich, there's this game, which was, was pivotal in me having this aha moment on this. There's a very, there's a very specific reference to what if you are in a job that you don't like, you have your aspirations set for something else, but you're stuck here. Is that kind of like what we're talking yes. about? You're in yes. a rut, you want something more, right? Okay. So because all my work now is about who are you, who do you want to be, or who do you need to be in order to have and sustain the life you want? So when you, if you're in a rut and you have a vision for who you want to be, it is about becoming that person now, even in this job. 
it, because that person has a different story. They think different things. They make different meaning. They take different action. If you can be the future you in the job you're in now, you will grow out of the job naturally. But telling yourself that you're in a rut and that you're stuck and that you're frustrated is only solidifying biologically in your brain wiring that you are stuck. So what people need like that is a real big boost of inspiration. And they need to know that this vision that they have for themselves is attainable, that it can happen. Right. Because sometimes people who are in a rut feel like, well, this is all there is. This is as far as I can go. And it's just a matter of rewiring, learning new things. So so that's, you know, that's what that's that's everything I talk about. Right. And so I think for my, to just add a personal story, I was in, I had just finished watching The Secret. So this was 2006. And I was at a job that I did not like. And I had watched The Secret. And the next morning, I started training for to be on TV, which, Bob, I had no connections. I had no way of thinking that that was ever going to happen. But every morning before I went to that crappy job, I went to work out first because I had to get camera ready. And the relationship I was in now, he kept like thinking I was crazy. Like I was training for something that never, I didn't have. But that's what I feel like that was the secret to how I got to where I am because I started training for what I wanted instead of what I had. Um, That is such a freaking great story. I did not know that about your journey, but I love it because it is very, it's a perfect example of what we're talking about because your brain and your current wiring is going to tell you you're crazy. People are going to look at you like, you know, what are you doing? But you are becoming that person. So you, in, in the getting ready and doing those things, you already became Sabrina Soto TV person. Right. 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 And now the, now this, your circumstances just had to catch up. Yes. And that's the way it should go. But people are generally trying to manifest from the outside in. Correct. And, and I, that's why it's so tricky. And yeah. I think a lot of people, when they hear this, they're saying, well, you know, I, I don't, I should just quit my job and then start. It's like, no, that's not really how it works. You have to, it's baby steps. And it's not about quitting your job and moving to Bali tomorrow. It's about doing the necessary steps to create that life that you want, whatever that is for you. And everyone's different. Yeah. I mean, it's a look, but my story was I did, I did the, I did the quit without a net thing and it was very stressful. And now I, what I'm seeing now is that you don't have to do it that way. It doesn't have to be such a stress thing. We put stress, boy, this is interview stuff, but we put so much pressure on ourselves to get things done in a certain amount of time because we've been trained to hurry up and get there. Yes. But, but if we could just be patient and do the things necessary and enjoy every step of the way and instead of going by, I wish I didn't have to do this part. Right. But like actually embrace it as part of the journey to become the person you need to be. Because that future version, and I'm sure we'll say this, that future version of you has to have gone through that journey. It's not about like creating magic with a vision board and you skip all the steps. And that's what that's the mindset. This is why I teach neuroplasticity now instead of law of attraction so much, because it, 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 we have to break that magic, that um, magical thinking, because the, the law of attraction is what it is. And it, it is a thing. It is very powerful. But we've mystified it with all everybody else's opinions and trying to get it right and all those other things. And so what I'm trying to do is get people to do the behavior that they should be doing when working with the law of attraction to get it to work effortlessly, but instead are obsessed about the law of attraction itself. And am I doing it right? And what about this and that and the other thing? So can you explain that and dumb it down? Like pretend you're actually talking to a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please. So what exactly does that mean? 
Well, which part? The neuroplastic, like the, the whole, instead of focusing on the mystical law of attraction, doing more of yes. the brain work. Okay. Well, I mean, if, <laughs> we're going to have to assume that a five-year-old that we're talking to has heard about the law of attraction, <laughs> I guess, for this to make sense. My five, well, my six-year-old has, so. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's all we're really doing, transformation of ourselves is a rewiring of our brain. Okay, we're, we're learning to be a new version of ourselves. And when we were born, you know, we were we were sort of I don't know if a, pro, if a five year old is going to get this, but when we were born, our brains were wide open. We said yes to everything. So we took on the belief systems of our parents and everybody else who was talking to us. You know, we didn't get to evaluate and assess whether something was true or false. Right. All right. So that that that's that's what sets our vision of the truth. Okay. So now years later, we may or may not, we, we may not be satisfied with where our lives are. We see the secret. We learn about the law of attraction and wow, we can visualize something into being. And so, but what happened was after the secret, like, like hundreds of experts suddenly emerged, right? With their own approach to how it should work. So of course, everybody just got confused, had, you know, scattered results or no results or reverse results or whatever. And so instead of focusing on what was important, if they're, if they're looking in the future and they're thinking, I want this to be my future, what I'm asking people to do is who do you need to be to have that future? Because I promise you it's a different version of who you are now. Right. So, so people are spending so much time looking at once they learn about the law of attraction, they learn about manifesting and energy and vibration. They're trying to, they want to figure it all out so they can get it right. But that's not where we need to put our attention. That's like putting our attention on gravity to make sure that we drop the grass, the glass correctly. All we have to do is let go of the glass and gravity will take care of the rest. And if we just be the person, take on that behavior, make that meaning, be that person. And that's, of course, the work I do is help people to do that. Mm -hmm then the law of attraction just works automatically like it always does without you interfering with it and without you, you know, stopping yourself and slowing yourself down, taking the necessary action because you're not sure or you're waiting for the universe to give you a sign or any number of those other things. Okay. So I guess in my personal story, it was the action of working out, the action of still looking for connections in the TV world, in the design world, and and doing those actions that felt good to me. It felt like I was in the right direction, but without having to see the results. Like, is am I on the right path there? Like, be, becoming the person that I wanted to be in those small um, steps. That's exactly, and that's exactly what I tell people to do because that future version of you, which is which is now what you're living, she will have had to have done those things. Right. She will have had to learn how to do all. She would have had to take the exact steps you did. So you you said this is who I am now. So what do I do? I do these things, and so you started doing them, and then, like I said, the the world caught up with you. What about if the steps don't feel right? And I know that you touched on this on the secret, but then I don't know if you've changed the way that you teach this. If for instance, if you want to mm, write a book or maybe you lose weight and you don't really feel like working out or you don't really feel like sitting down and, and doing the book proposal, does that mean you're on the wrong path or does that mean sometimes the steps are not as quote unquote fun, but necessary? How do you get through that? Right. Yeah. That, yeah. That whole idea that if that feeling comes up that you're on the wrong path, that's part of the problem because learning anything new involves discomfort. 
because we we are not wired to know it. We we're going we're going into unknown territory, learning a new language, learning to walk, learning to talk. We made tons of mistakes, and there's discomfort. And growing ourselves is is not any different. We need to again embrace it and learn that that the discomfort means great. We're getting ready to grow. Okay, I think that's going to change a lot of people because I think people think if it doesn't feel good, then I'm not on the right path. And I don't think I don't think that's true because. For instance, I am writing a book, and sometimes when I sit down to write, I'm I like c- completely procrastinate. I'll start vacuuming. Yeah. I will start, you know, repairing holes on jeans that I've haven't worn in ten years, and I'm like, what am I doing? But yeah. then when I finally do it and I get that step done, I feel this sense of empowerment, and I feel so proud of myself. So sometimes it's the getting to it might not feel good, but the accomplishment does feel good. Is that right? Yes. And again, again, it's going to feel uncomfortable at first until you wire yourself to really, you know, experience it and experience it until it's the the way you do things. Learning that first part is uncomfortable. Writing a book, procrastinating. It's all I mean, you hear it every it happens to everybody. So if you just know that that's kind of part of the process and go, okay, well, I'm at the stuck part now of the process. You know, and just embrace it and not tell yourself that it doesn't mean anything. Because that, of course, there's nothing productive about that kind of self-talk. Right. Self-talk is such a huge part of this because the work is being very conscious about the talk that you're giving yourself when you are 99.9% of the time having subconscious conversations on autopilot. Yes. That are not serving you. Yes. So so my work is about waking people up to those, those. That's what the quiz is for you know, is to wake up to what your autopilot responses are so that with that awareness, you can learn to make different choices. So for everyone listening, uh, Bob has a quiz. It only takes a few minutes. If you're faster than me, it probably only takes you one minute. But of course, I completely overthink every answer. Um, it's It'll be on the notes section when you're listening to this podcast and also how to get in touch with Bob. So Bob, I took the quiz and I am a wizard. What does that mean? And you were a wizard? Yes. Okay, so a wizard is a person who loves it, generally speaking. And let me just preface this, because there's nothing wrong with any of these types. And just because you have the traits of these types, it doesn't mean you're going to screw yourself up, self-sabotage, or anything like that. This is a tool for those who are experiencing that kind of stuckness. So with the wizard, they are they really love this whole law of attraction thing. They love the idea of manifesting. They love the energy conversation, the vibration conversation. They love the ritual of the vision board and all those things. They're conjuring up a future, right? That's and that's a and all of those steps are uh, an integral part of the process, but uh, of the rewiring process. If you don't, if those steps you take, if all that ritual, the vision board doesn't move you into action that is congruent with the person you need to be to have those things, then nothing's going to change. That visualization, all of those exercises are there to give you clarity about who you are to be in the world. What do you look like in this future that you're creating? So they're very, very crucial and powerful tools, but they're not a magic wand. Yes. So that's the wizard just needs to know that there's a part two of this, like take what you're seeing there, what you're conjuring and move it into action so that the world can respond to you. And what is that part two? What's that? What's that? What is that part two? So the part one for me, yes. I, by the way, love a vision board. I love talking about energy and vibration. So for me, what is that step two? Because I do feel like sometimes, I don't want to say self-sabotage, but I do procrastinate a lot. Oh, well, okay. So what I'm saying, what to do as a wizard, like how do you combat that? Yes. Is that what you mean, the step two? So that is just about 
taking action with what's being what what you're being shown with all of this ritual like the the vision board when you look at the the vision board is generally speaking uh external things you know a house a car the the relationship sometimes they put words of how you want to feel and all those other things but but they're there to give you clarity as to what who you need to be and maybe who you're not being now that you need to be to have those things. Right. So, so you, so you use those tools, all your visualization, and then in the physical world, you embody what you are visualizing. Right. What has been shown to you, if you will, that begin. And, 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 and by the way, all that visualizing, as long as you, you know, do it on a regular basis and you rehearse it fully out and then take action on it, this is helping to literally rewire your brain. This is rehearsal that we've known about for years that, you know, athletes and musicians, they can rehearse their craft in their brain without actually doing it and see results in the real world. And so can we with this. So a big part of my process is having people visualize exactly how they want their day to go. But this is very common stuff. But instead of thinking about it as like, because now we're going to magically manifest that, it is to give your brain a, a path, something to refer to when you have a situation where you n- might normally feel disempowered, you get to rehearse the empowered version of you. This is how the rewiring process starts. So all, all that to say that the wizard has a lot of the steps that are necessary in in their, you know, what they're doing. They just need to follow through with the action part so, they, it, so the world can see it. But it sounds like you took that action. So you might be a wizard, but you're a wizard who does the stuff. So that's that's what I'm saying. It's not all wizards don't sabotage themselves. Right. No, you know what I do a lot is weird. It's if I have a to, you know, I have a, like everyone else tasks that I have to get done in the day, but I sometimes over a lot times for things. So if I have to do one thing, I'll say, well, that's going to, oh, that's a lot. It's going to take, you know, an hour. And really it takes 10 minutes. So I keep putting it off, putting it off. And I'm I'm getting better at, at it. That's something strange. But another thing, because I'm a Capricorn, is I really am a control freak. And I'm starting to let go and let the universe create the abundance instead of me constantly having to force it. Yeah, that's good because that feeling that you have to that you have to maintain and control all of that stuff. It is, it, it's stressful and it isn't necessary. And I, and this is a great opportunity for me to say that just because I am focused on neuroplasticity instead of the law of attraction and, you know, and how I'm teaching and coaching now, it doesn't mean that I'm not still on board the law of attraction train and that there are amazing, wonderful, dare I say, magical things going on in the background. But that's not what we as humans need to fully understand. That, that it's there is good, but it's there to support us. And the actions that we take. When you have to visualize exactly the life that you want, is it during meditation? Is it another practice that you teach? What exactly is your method? Yes. Yeah, so what I try to do, because I work with people, the way that I start working with people is I put them through, through this sort of 45-day jumpstart. So I'm asking them to do something every day. So I can't have them doing hour-long things, two-hour-long things, watching 20-minute videos, because they're never going to do it. Right. But I do need to keep them in the conversation. and I need to keep them in action and doing the things that they need to do. So every day starts and ends with this visualization, which maybe five minutes, however long you can give yourself to do it. But the, the, the basis of the meditation is, again, looking at the day ahead. Because by this time, you know, we've already sort of gotten an idea of who you want to be, what the where the gaps are, what are some of your autopilot wiring. So at this point in the process, we know this. So so in the visualization, we're looking at, okay, here's the day ahead, and here are some opportunities that I might get triggered and go down the old old path. How would I like to be? 
in these situations and you visualize and visualize and visualize as much time as you have and as realistically as you can, you're burning new grooves in your brain and you're rehearsing so that when the situation arises during the course of the day, you're not just caught off guard and go, oh, my God, I'm an autopilot. You know, you've got a whole variety of things that you can do in terms of ways you can react because you have put, the, you know, you rehearse them. And the moment you do that, then the world has no choice but to respond differently. And then you have started change. At the end of the day, you kind of do the reverse in that you look back at the day that you just had and you think about any opportunities that you might have missed, right. you know, to catch yourself and rerun those. How would I have liked to have been? How would I have liked to have been? Now, throughout that process, we also have tools and things for releasing resistance that comes up and all those negative emotions. And because there's a lot of chemistry involved in this process, obviously, one of the reasons we we do everything we do is because of how our, our body chemistry guides us. When we have an emotional response that feels bad, you know, it it affects how we be in the world. So and if we have a an autopilot reaction during the course of our day and it cuts deep, like it really triggers something deep. It, you may know, okay, I'm an autopilot, but it may be so deep and you may be so overcome with chemicals that it's hard to actually take that other action, even if you rehearsed it. Yes. But you, but using some of these techniques, there's one called emotional freedom techniques. There's, there's so many out there that, that we share that, that help you in the moment deal with those uh, emotional spikes, breath work. It's all part of it to, to get control of your body. When it takes, when it tries to take control of you, it's, because yes. it, it is very easy to get swept away. It is. It's funny. I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine. I am pretty well versed in the tools that you need to get yourself out of your own way. But sometimes, Bob, if like something's really going on, I don't care what tools I know. I don't want to use them. I don't want to do any of them. I just want to sit in that anger or that, you know, mood. And it's hard sometimes to snap out of it. So I'm getting, again, better at, and, and I can't even think of another word other than snap out of it, because it sometimes takes me to almost like snap a rubber band on my arm to be like, okay, enough, let's get through this, or let's really figure out what this trigger is coming from. But the tools are necessary, but you have to use them. Yeah, they they definitely help. And and the snapping of the rubber band is good. And and look, it's it's so much of it is about not beating yourself up as you start to do this and start to try to incorporate these new things. If you miss it, if you screw up, if you knew better, all those things, you just go, this is part of the process. Right. I'm learning. This is feedback. I know the thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you can say thank you for every little misstep that happens, every little thing that seems like four steps back, because that's more information that you can use to take different action to get different results. So the only way you lose is if you quit or you make it mean the universe doesn't want it for me or something like that. That's right. It's, it's, I say this all the time. If the inventors of today's technology approached the inventions like we approach our personal development, we would be in caves still because we would give up after 10 times right. or a year or whatever it is. If you're committed, if you can make your vision, if your goal is non-negotiable, which is what I help people do because you got to, make it non-negotiable, then you'll take however long it takes. You'll take whatever journey, the ups, the downs, the whole thing, because you know that when you get there, it will be so worth it. And now you have it for the rest of your life. Right. You're absolutely right. You know, there's no one that's harder on me than me. And I think that's the case for probably, probably everyone that's walking yeah. this earth. It's we are our biggest critic. And I'm sure that comes from childhood. But it is reprogramming the self, 
sort of dialogue that you say, you know, in your head when, when things aren't going wrong. And if you do make a mistake, it's not beating yourself up and I'm an idiot and I'm so stupid. And it's because we all do that. Right. A lot of people do. And it's, and it can be for many reasons. Maybe they were told that as they were growing up. I mean, again, that zero age, zero to seven wiring, that's deep, you know, that's deep. And if they, if you had a tricky childhood or your parents just were, they lived in lack or they were cynical or they, whatever it is, you, you might wake up to the fact that, Hey, you know what? That's not who I want to be like. And, and that's probably going to happen. I, that's not who I want to be, but the wiring is there. Right. So, so it's going to show up and you just have to be ready for it. And, and, and again, just say, thank you. Wow. I'm really glad I'm letting go of this. Well, I'm really, it, and Sabrina, it is stories, the stories we tell ourselves, the reasons that we give to ourselves and others about why we don't have <laughs> or can't be, and we cling to them. We do. I'm the worst. And we just, yep. And you can't have those stories and be that most successful version of yourself with happiness and fulfillment and abundance. That person won't be telling those stories. They have no need for those stories. They're not excusing themselves. They're not making, you know, they're not pointing blame. They've arrived. They did what it took. They no longer need those stories. They tell themselves a different story about how successful and how easy and effortless and how they meet the right people all the time. And while those stories may not seem true at first, they're no more untrue than the stories stories you've been been telling yourself about. Amen, Bob. Amen. Because I went through a really tough time a few years ago, and I was in a deep meditation, and that's what came to me. It was this backpack that I was holding of my stories. My story was that I was abandoned. My story was X, Y, and Z. And and I just, it was almost like I was proud of, of this story, even though it was a very negative story. But what mm-hmm. allowed me in telling this story and holding that backpack was, well, I act like this because of this, and I do this because of this. And it was all negative things. And in this meditation, it was like, okay, are you done? Are you done yeah. holding these damn stories and labels that are getting you nowhere? And it was, for me, life-changing that moment. But now I realize, oh my gosh, I have been holding that story for so long. But I think we get stuck a lot in our stories. Oh, we totally do. And and even though we know that they're not, they don't feel that good, if we don't have something to replace them with, we're it's scary to let them go because they've become a part of your identity. And in your case, like a single mom situation, there's generally some really, I don't want to say because I don't know, but like there's trauma around situations that cause that. And that makes it even deeper. Yes. You know, that makes it, that makes it even, even harder to do. Yes. Let go of your story, people. It really does just open up a whole new life. Bob, thank you for being on the podcast. I need to have you on again because I feel like you and I could talk for hours Everyone who is listening, you can take Bob's personality or it's not even a personality quiz. It's a, what, what do you call it? It's the transformation personality type quiz. Transformation personality type quiz to see what you are. And after you're done, you just put in, you pop in your email and the results get sent to you. And you could also get a hold of Bob. Bob, what's the easiest way, Instagram or your website? Boys, I'm I'm so I'm so easy, but but you can go to meetbobdoyle.com. That's my main hub. But I'm super super easy to find on Facebook, and yes, there is Instagram. But uh, but reaching me, and then once you, if you take the quiz, you'll we'll be in touch too. Okay, Bob, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Totally, my pleasure. 